Derek the Conserver, Will the Builder, Sean the Racer, and maybe a guest invite you to listen while they sit down, have a drink, and discuss cars. Learn more and subscribe to the podcast at No Driving Gloves. Time now for the ride. Hey, we're here tonight. Surprise. We are here. Yes, I Although, was a little, uh, late, little late in getting the notice out this week, but it's happened. We're here. Some of you are here watching. I forgot to share it on my Facebook, but hey, I'm sure people uh, will join us. Can I can I just start right back at the beginning, John? I don't know that I like the new music on the countdown um, clicker. I don't know. It felt a little too um, uh, talk radio introduction to me. I think we need to go back to the old music. It was a little uh, more upbeat. The exact same music that the intros put together with that we've been using for years. It's just the long version. Wow. Yeah, I don't like it. Anyway. <clears throat> okay, yeah. I do have another one, but um I don't have that hard drive hooked up or I could play see we don't through. we don't do a pre-show anymore, so you guys get to see what we do in the pre-show, which is just talk about all the random stuff for the show that you know doesn't relate to cars. Well well that's that's what this episode is. It's uh um no no driving gloves behind the scenes. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah. And as you can see, Derek's uh, uh, also experimenting with being blind because he was being very annoyed by the reflection of his screen in his glasses. So I'm going glasses tonight. Is that a word? I, I think it is. But we All can. Right. Uh, what do I want to say? Now I'm going to call up some news stories and Derek won't be able to read them. Exactly. You know, the other thing we should do is we should start um, start up the podcast by saying, for those of you that are listening on your drive into work, good morning. And for those of you that are listening on your drive home from work, good afternoon. Well, this what, is no what, driving gloves. What Lipson has taught me is you just say happy generic time of the day. There we go. And there is an acronym for it, but I just not smooth enough. If I write it out, I could tell you, but... Todd and I got these interview tips this week that said when I'm doing a Zoom interview, I'm supposed to talk with my hands. I guess I need to learn sign language. John, we're we're both uh, both of us have Italian in us. I don't think it's a problem to talk with our hands. Now I I didn't understand that tip, but all right. Oh, so we are obviously again going to avoid the elephant in the room. Because somebody did say to me, boy, I can't wait to hear you guys talk about that boat that's on fire and sinking and everything else in the Atlantic. And I said, we avoided it. We already it. did. We huh? already did. We mentioned it a couple we times. We mentioned it, but yeah. why dwell on it? Right. I mean, yeah. I think I think tonight, maybe, I don't know. Let's talk about something different. Maybe hybrid well, What cars. I was going to point out talk about is, hybrids? I don't know. Oh, well, where did this new story go? It's way at the top of my list here. But no, I was going to... Uh, but you, you know, know what? No, no, no. Let's go back. Let's talk about the, the ship that was on fire because you know what nobody paid attention to in that whole whole situation of that ship being on fire? Uh, well, I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. What was that ship burning for fuel? They talked all about the cars and why it was on fire, but nobody wanted to talk about what that ship uses for fuel, did they? No, they didn't. They want to talk about the car fire. Good question. No. I don't get what you're saying because that I saw that addressed in almost every story. How many 
or thousands of tons of fuel it had on it and things like that. What kind of The uh, the only thing that I got out of it, well, for, it was, I believe it would be a diesel on that ship anyway. So does that really burn? <laughs> and then I was, get, I was more so just being facetious, John. Oh, oh I'm sorry, but yeah, it was covered. <laughs> that I think it had twenty thousand pounds of fuel on it, or some ridiculous number i can't remember because a gallon of gas weighs what about eight pounds and then all i heard about is the lithium batteries that were burning and we don't know what caused the fire and of course now that it's sunk it probably was the lithium batteries i'm going conspiracy theory here the ship was intentionally sunk so that we did it, you know, we can hide the fact that we burned down the ship with lithium batteries. I think it was probably the guy sitting in one of them having a cigarette. Uh, quite possibly. Yeah, that's where I'm going to go. What I saw was very interesting. Is We all know there were 1,100 Porsches on this uh, ship that went down. And Porsche's got to make up that production somewhere. But... I think they might have just got their out because they announced today, or was it yesterday? Yeah, that today officially that they are going to shut down production of the Taycan and Paranamera almost immediately <laughs> because they're assembled in the Ukraine. And 9-11s, I think they're going to quit building... March 14th. So if you have an allocation where your car is going to be built before March 14th, you're going to get it. If it's built after March 14th, they're scheduled to be built. Tough. Um, I think if you have a 718, I think the cutoff date was like the 12th. So John, they're, they're John, just all of a sudden going to stop all this production because of uh, the situation in the Ukraine. And I think it gets them out of the thousand sh boat cars that sunk on the boat. Or right, but it, I, w I want to go back to the point that you said: if you have an allotment for before the fourteenth, you're going to get your car. They still have to be shipped over on another boat. Well, we we do know that, Porsche has a track record of because this is the second boat with Porsches on it that burned down. Mm -hmm, <laughs> exactly. So here. your car is going to be built. We're not sure if you're going to get it. I suggest taking That's, European delivery. That way oh, you can at least yeah, drive it yeah. before it sinks. Yeah. But I'm going to go back. What is it? Way on, way back when. So let's go back 42 years to when this prophet of American society. Um, I can't remember his name. He just had a little sub role. Only one, one simple line basically in the annals of history. I think that's pronounced, pronounced annals. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it the Michael Bluth way. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'm an analyst. So, yeah, well, <clears throat> but you put the wrong uh, emphasis on the wrong syllabus. Who's the U-boat commander here? See, we're just foreshadowing. Risky business plays out 42 years later. Mm. So we've covered, you know, the poor rich people that aren't going to have their Porsches this year. I feel so sorry for them. 
and this little bit slipped by me. I kind of wish Will was here, and I don't know what your take is on it, because we all know I've kind of said... I don't really I, care if Will's here or not. I mean, most nights. I, oh, you weren't asking my take on Will. No, I, I was just going to say... I probably should slip over here to the comments because we actually have some comments coming in. And Toby's working in the garage. So, but um, we all know my feelings on manual transmissions, and I'm kind of already said I'm good with them going away. Um, I can live with that. Um, somewhere in the last two months or so, the manual transmission option was removed from the Challenger head, Hellcats. And they're no, they said it's due to calibration issues. I'm not quite sure how calibrating a manual comes in. And they haven't, they don't have a date for it to return. So I guess this means we lost another manual transmission car out of society. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, here's the thing I'm okay with them going away too because there's plenty that have already been built. And if you really want a manual transmission car, you just go buy a used one or an antique or a classic car that has a manual transmission. They're way more fun anyway. Come in. Come in. I don't. See, and you know, I'm in, I guess I'm different about that. I'm trying to find this thing here, but. That's where it is. Um, I guess you're right. It's going to make the manual transmission Hellcats more valuable. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, um, I don't know if it's called Direct Connection anymore, the Mopar Parts and Accessories Division. You can now order a Hellcat wide body kit because, you know, they just have to screw the fenders on. I mean, there's nothing fancy about it. Damn Ranchero kits or whatever those were called. Renegade... Um, whatever you ordered out of J.C. Whitney, you can now order a Hellcat body kit for your Challenger, whether or not it's a six-cylinder SXT or, I guess, a Hellcat, if you wanted to put a Hellcat kit on a Hellcat. But. Ooh, hey, I, ooh, hmm, hmm. I finally own an actual, like, car, a newer car, not a truck, that's a daily draw. I should do a wide body kit on it. You should. Yeah. It is an RS. I mean, it's already yeah. kind of sporty, right? And put some big fat front meats on that sucker. Yeah. Little skinny, narrow back tires. Yeah. Take the shocks out of the back. Put some uh, one by one by one that rectangular hollow section steel tube in there to prevent it from squatting in the rear, keeping mm -hmm. some of that weight to the front. Yeah. <clears throat> I like where this is going. Yeah. I guess it kind of makes sense then. I still yeah. don't understand it. I don't understand why you bought an electric mini. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I, I, that was, it, it is so tempting it is still so tempting, but a hundred mile range. How do they get away with that? Honestly, how do they get away with that elect mini E only getting a hundred mile range? I mean, I get, okay. 
electric cars, even back at the turn of the century in the late 1800s and 1900s, they were city cars, right? They were, they were really for around the city, but back then, where else were you driving? There weren't a lot of roads connecting out into the rural parts of America that were capable of having vehicles on them. Today, we are a society that most people travel quite a distance in their daily life. It is not the norm anymore to pretty much stay. Well, I take that back. Yes. In major metropolitan cities, such as New York or Los Angeles, Sanford, some of those. Yeah. I mean, you can get away without a car. You're walking, but, and plus who would want to drive in any of those cities anyway, but really for the majority of America's, you know, small town America or rural America, a hundred mile range just does not work for most people. Unless, you know, unless you, wherever you, you have your charging station at home and then wherever you're going to work or whatever you're doing has a charging station, a hundred miles is easy for most Americans to put in their car in a half a day or, or a full day of travel. I mean, it's just, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm ranting now, John. Uh, yeah. I, I mainly because I think the car's really cool. Well, and then I found you, out it had a hundred mile range. Well, you, I think you knew that when we talked about it, but there is a, you know, a couple of stories that, you know, um, many electric is losing sales, but you're making, they're sold to be city cars. Um, well, and right. That's that what I'm saying. Of, but that doesn't make sense in the United States, etc. Um, I'm trying to figure out here if I could type right 361,000. I think I'm doing the math correctly oh, here. Oh, Lord. John's trying to do math. Here we go. Do you realize? Um, if my numbers that I've pulled up here, the mini brands sold roughly 360,000 cars in 2018. Yeah. 2018, they sold, well, 9,900 of the mini two-door hardtops in the U.S. Um so let's say they have four models, say they sold 36,000 cars in the U.S. We only account for seven or eight percent of their total worldwide sales. Well, I know. I think I know. the Mini E's probably design more for London, Paris, these big ma major metropolitan areas that ha are already limiting gas-powered vehicles. Um, size of vehicles and that I think that's where they come that's how they get away with building a car that has a hundred mile range they bring it over here eh, to make uh, the green people here happy that they can get a electric mini well I'm going to keep my eye on it because who knows if I can track that car and know where it goes someday I may own it well you should just look up the VIN number and then it'll be easier Actually, yeah, there you go. I need to grab the VIN before it goes away. Okay. Yeah, and, and for that matter, um, uh, oh, I can't remember. There is a new special edition Mini coming out. Hmm. 
Um, not quite the same as... Um, I think I saw that on this page. Yeah, there it is. Um, the Pat Moss edition uh, Mini Cooper honors legendary rally driver Pat Moss. And it's uh, nice. like a blackish and silver with a red roof and uh, oh, wow. some sort of silver stripe across the front, maybe. And and it's not going with the body. It's going across the body, like headlight to headlight, not headlight mm. to taillight. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> so I don't know if they're going to be available in the U.S. or anything. Yeah. So there's a question for you, John. If you could have any foreign automobile ever made, what would it be? Price cap? Age? No price cap. No age. No, not just any foreign automobile that has ever been built. Doesn't even have to be that it got imported to the U.S. That's a long freaking list. (laughs) But there's got to be one at the top, right? (coughs) Um... Boy, no driving lot, gloves was recorded in front of a live studio audience. Like a lot of dead air here. Um, damn, that's a tough question. Because I don't know if I'm going to go way pre-war. And, you know, that might be it. Because I was thinking like Bugatti Royale, Bugatti, you know, Type 30. Uh, there, Look at Jason Hill popped in a. Bugatti. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going with, and I think Jason's got the same one. I was going to go the Atlantic. Is that the Type 57? The one that's got the uh, rib spine down it? Yeah, the, the Atlantic was the Type 57. Yeah, so uh, uh, without, that's where I was going already. Um, And Jason, you know, I guess Jason and I want the same damn car. Um, I think go, that's, fight over it. I think that's, that might be the one I would go for. And when you say you're, uh, you're foreign, I'm even throwing in, you know, African, Russian, Chinese, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Japanese cars. <laughs> and I think the type, yeah, that, that would be, that would be really, really high on the list. I mean, the default is to jump to a Ferrari 250 GTO or something, but I don't think I really would want one of those. Uh, it's either going to be that or it's probably going to be a McLaren F1. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Nice. Good choices. Good choices. And yes, Jason, to back up and answer your question, the uh, VIN would be a for the Mini in Nashville, the uh, one that's painted in the Jim Clark uh, Lotus livery. Yes. No. Now I all of a sudden see it's got me thinking, and you know when I start thinking, I can't do two things at once. I know, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm good at. <clears throat> oh, 
I guess still trying to think of more cars. Is that what you're Yeah, I'm probably let me throw the question at you and I'm going to make it easier on you. Same criteria, price irrelevant, age irrelevant. um, American car. Wow, really? American car. And no parameters, right? I didn't no. really throw parameters on yours, so I'm just thinking, does it have to be like production car? You didn't put any parameters on. You. Yeah. Hmm, American. See how easy that question is? Hmm, American, American, American. See, I actually, I, I had my European, or my my foreign one picked. Um, hmm. To- Toby, I thought you were listening. <laughs> The question is, he, he asked me, no parameters, no rules, all the money in the world, no limits, Toby. He asked me what my pick would be for my foreign car. And I now asked him, same parameters, which are non-existent, American car. And Jason, I do think you would look good in that Mini. So. Actually, he was, he or he would, yeah. You know, I'm sorry, Jason. I think I've said this on the show. Um, Duesenbergs have become really overrated for me, especially Model Js. You know, the 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 famous, the most famed Duesenbergs, the Model Js. Beautiful cars. I'm not shorting short shorting them for their mechanical, uh, you know, advanced mechanical, uh, you know, engineering. And I mean, you know, the coach work that was put on them by either, you know, Murphy or whoever did the bodies. Yeah. I mean, they were all stunning. Um, But I just, the model J's are a little overrated for me right now. Um, Boy, American built. There's gotta be something that I've seen and, and lusted after, if you will. Um, Man, you had to throw it at American, didn't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I figured you had a foreign one in mind already. Hmm. I thought you... Hmm. Do I don't have the Jeopardy theme, but let's see here. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Dead air Uh, again. Here we go. Uh, Love it. (laughs) And when you first started there, I thought it was a toilet flushing. (laughs) No, this is as close as I got to that. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) It's awesome. It's awesome. (laughs) We got it now. We got to do the uh, you know morning radio morning show thing. You know, you're live with no driving gloves at nine in the morning. John and Demo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I can't remember. I got the notes around here. We we technically we could throw Brandy a mic and then we'd have the ah uh, oh, the traffic girl. Yeah, traffic I can't weather. remember. I lost my notebook. Yes, where is it? I've got this special little term. Uh, Traffic and weather with that babe brandy. Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) No, I don't have it, but it's like, 
Um, yes, we're, we're Jock, stalling. Jock, the dork, well, and the bitch or something like that. <laughs> where you've got the oh, two oh, guys yeah, that was... try to go out on the edge and then the woman to bring you back down. Yeah, there's a great, no, there's, there's a great morning show in Detroit, actually. If I don't know if anybody that listens to the podcast is up in Detroit, but um, Dave and Chuck the Freak, and uh, as they like to say, that hot bitch Lisa Way, um, which is, uh, it's a good show. I listened to it when I lived there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, it goes um, back. That's the standard morning show thing is you've got, Right. And I actually stupid. play the, the bitch on the uh, cigar podcast. There you go. Smoking Underground that I host on uh, Thursday nights at 630. Unfortunately, Will Posey does not have any job openings this week. So uh, <laughs> I just figured we'd get everybody in there. So oh. <laughs> uh, Jason's throwing out Witten again. Wittens are fantastic cars, aren't they? Uh, you know what? Actually, yes. You You actually hit it. There is one car out there that obviously I would never be able to own because it's in the Lars Anderson museum, but they have the sole surviving Winton heavy racer. And if I could have the, you know, that car, um, yeah, that would, that would be the car. The 1901 Winton heavy racer. Yep. Four of them built originally. And that is the only one known in existence. And of I course, that's, yeah. To- Toby's, I don't know if it'd be on my high on my list, but Toby's would be something I'd really want there. Yeah, I mean, if I was going to do a, a Hornet, though, I wouldn't do the convertible. I'd do the the you know the fabulous Hutton, Hudson Hornet, the race the racer. No, anything the top goes down, I'm all about. Top goes down, price goes up. I don't care if price goes up. That's right. No parameters. Now, if I was to do foreign it would be the um v8 dirac race car that thing is a beast i saw it run at goodwood yeah yep all over that and to be honest i don't know if i have an easy answer for an american car i really do like the cord uh like eight tens, eight ten, eight twelve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that would be the end all. That's huge. Uh, J- thank you, Jason. Oh no, what are you? What's huge? That's um, um, really getting into the morning show thing there. That's huge. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Let's see. What I'm going to ask, and Derek, you probably know, where does is Toby located? Northern, southern United States? Uh, he's Toby's up in Maine. Maine, convertible, mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. Alabama, convertible, absolutely sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, Maine, convertible, four months a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's what you get up there. Yeah, but that's that's probably three and a half more months than you actually get in Alabama. No, that's true. 
Because, I mean, yeah, a lot Jason, of times in the summer, you put the top down in Alabama, it may as well be raining because the humidity is so high. You sweat and you stick to your leather seats. And, mm-hmm. you know, I prefer so, cloth seats, but. I, I want to jump to Jason's comment. And for those that are listening, just, you know, listening to the podcast and not the, uh, you know, video, the live that we do. Uh, Jason's comment here is Auburn Boat Tail Speedster. Jason, um, I know you personally. We hang out occasionally. You would hate the Auburn Boat Tail Speedster. Um, if you notice the picture of me in the intro to the podcast, and I think still on our website, I am sitting in an Auburn Boat Tail Speedster that is uh, owned by a friend of mine. And um, I barely fit in the thing. And anybody taller than me um, really doesn't fit in the thing. Um, they are exceptionally tight in the passenger, um, comfort zone area. Um, it is, it is a beautiful car to look at, but if you want something that you're going to be able to drive around and be comfortable and enjoy, it is not an Auburn boat tail speedster unless you're well, like, you know, short, like somebody like John. I know a, uh, taller gent that can easily afford an Auburn uh, could drive it. I mean, he, he actually sits on the board of the Auburn Court Duesenberg Museum and he actually drives a replica Auburn because it's got a, he could make the cockpit a little bit bigger. It's Escalade powered, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely gorgeous car. Most people can't tell the difference from a real one. And, you know, he kind of apologizes for it, but he doesn't fit in the real one. So he he did what I guess wealthy people did. He had one made. Uh, John, I know we're not going to talk about rising gas prices, um, but I, I believe we may have a, um, uh, not a hacker, but a, a, a spammer in the comment section you might want to get rid of. Oh, I, I, I see him. But it's nice when you have that worldwide. Now, see, we've got to be careful of that because remember, we are the number one podcast in Lafia. All right. <laughs> yes. So, you know, he could. You guys be, didn't know we were a Lafania. number one podcast. You, you didn't know we were a number one podcast, did you? No. You I, I tout but it all are. the time. <laughs> I think we get three downloads or something. In- <laughs> oh, so I do have an announcement. You talked about the website earlier. Um, I added a new feature to the website. Actually, it's really not on the website, but you go to nodrivinggloves.com slash call us, and it'll take you to a website that will allow you. And right now, um, Eventually, you're going to be able to leave us a donation, which is not where you're not required. But you're able to record a message and kind of kind of make it feel like more more of a radio show. Now, we'll have to listen to them and add them to the next episodes, um, I guess, programming. Put it on our very tight outline that we go through every week. But uh, you just pop over, the, uh, pop, pop over to the page and... You click the uh, record your message and da-da, record your message. But very simply, nodrivinggloves.com slash call us. 
Hey, yeah. Hey, and we could actually like prop prompt them to, um, you know, leave us messages about specific things. Like, you know, if we were to adopt a radio show type personality of hosting, would you rather it be morning show style, maybe a late afternoon radio show, or, you know, we could even go uh, NPR style and, you know, or, you know, uh, Fox News style, and we can just yell at each other all the time. I would like to go Howard Stern style after about 2017, where the man can freaking interview like a god. Right. <laughs> you know, um, I, I never could stand Howard, uh, but his interview skills and what he's put out interview quality he might be in my opinion one of the best interviewers uh in the world right now i mean letterman's up there and of course you always mm -hmm. have oprah etc but no driving gloves after dark not really bad okay we can do it we're gonna start doing an episode at one in the morning on saturdays you might right, right after the ball on um, MTV. Yeah, I feel and no driving gloves after dark reminds me of a certain Saturday Night Live character, but I've uh, been so long since I watched Saturday Night Live. Yeah, death rat Leon Phelps, the ladies' man. It's what it's what anything uh, after dark reminds me of. Oh, I was trying to think of anything else. I mean, it's a little slow on the show tonight. I apologize, but really, I thought well, we'd been doing pretty good. Oh, I actually thought we oh, were kind of. Uh, that's painful. We've had a lot of <sighs> a lot of dead air. But if you do listen to the audio podcast, which is catching up um, by the end of the month, the uh, well early april the audio podcast will be caught up to the the actual live shows that we're doing right now uh we actually have episodes dropping every three days in case you've missed anything and um go back and check out our back catalog uh actually it seems some people are doing that the download numbers i think it's working um so i don't i don't don't know where will is i guess will's not doing a show Will's not on the show tonight. No. Yeah. Well, I, hey, I got good news, John. I, I'm getting to work on the getting the Falcon back on the road, so that's going to be a good thing. Nice. I I never really realized it was off the road. I always thought that was an operable. Well, it was. Um, then I had a little oil pressure issue, and so I had to stop driving it until I could get that resolved. And uh, then I, right after that happened, I decided to move to Kentucky. And, well, that changes a lot of things. So, um, you know, we've got the oil pressure uh, situation resolved. Um, but now it's got to, you know, I got to do the whole safety thing after it's sat for a while. So going to rebuild the brakes, going to go through the whole car and just make sure everything's up to snuff and get it ready for some cruising this year. Oh, I, I was trying to think. Um, 
Yeah, see, that's why there's dead air because you yeah, keep trying to think. Because I'm trying to think. You got me thinking here. And, you know, I drove by a Velocitor N over the weekend and I go, man, that'd be tempting. But for some reason, I want to say there was a classic or a fun car that I went by also. I can't hey, remember. hey, 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 Toby, we're not talking about gas prices tonight. Come on, man. Let's see here. Which man? I'll tell you. <laughs> Our listeners, they just they 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 just don't pay attention to the topic of the show, do they? Well, we're not talking about gas prices. He's talking about what what fuel efficient car classic would you want to break out? Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. So I don't just, you know, if, if, if for some reason you wanted to drive an older fuel efficient car, just, just for fun, no, no specific reason behind it. What would that be? Okay. All right. All right. I see that. Well, you know, honestly, the Falcon is, I mean, it's, I've already got it there. It's, it's got the 144 in it, the little, you know, inline six, um, I mean, the thing gets fantastic. I mean, for the time period, and even for today, somewhat fantastic gas mileage. Um, back when I was driving it in Michigan to and from work at the Henry Ford, um, I was getting. Now, granted, this has been a while that I've done since I've done gas mileage on this car, but if I recall correctly, um, I believe I was getting right around twenty-nine to thirty miles to the gallon in that car. Might even tip what, up a little above. What's there. that adjusted for inflation? Um, exactly. Mm-hmm. My answer is simple: CRX. Yeah, and you could even possibly even throw in Miata. CRX is going to get a little bit better gas mileage. Miata is going to take care of that convertible fun quotient. Plus, you know, Miata is always the answer. So. Mm-hmm. But Pontiac Solstice is good. And somebody's telling me no. No. <laughs> Pontiac Solstices are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, only you know in what I mean, really, if GXP you... coupe form. I hate, I don't like the coupes. Have you ever driven one? Have you ever tried? Actually, not have you ever driven one. Have you ever tried to back one up? <laughs> Uh, did Toby know my old CRX? <laughs> yeah, right. Toby, um, you just described John's CRX to the like five and a half cubic foot box, two Rockford Fosgate 12s. No, John, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. No. Fosgate Power 300 amps, block point crossover, block point Chicago head unit. I'm saying no. I'm saying no. No. You know, it's interesting, you know, because we're we're just all over the place tonight because it's no driving gloves, right? But, exactly. This is supposed and, to be fun. This is like we're not talking gas prices because you're listening yeah. to this show to take your mind off of them. Exactly. But, you know, and, and we kind of touch on it all the time. But I think that's one of the interesting things about this, the, the automotive hobby, right? The car hobby is that all of us have somewhat different interests within it or, you know, at least maybe not different interests per Maybe that's too generic or too broad, but you know, like John, I mean, you 
you know, you have a lot of varied interests in the automobile, but you know, you have some passion for, you know, at least back in the day, you had a passion for the sound system, right? You get your subwoofers and getting all that. And I've never in my life really cared about that in a car. That's not been one of the aspects of something you can do to a car that I've ever cared about, but that's something you did, you know, you did. I think that's one of the cool things about it is that there's so many varied things we can do in the automotive hobby, but we all still have that one thing in common of the car. Well, it goes back to some of the episodes that we've had and we've talked, we're talking about today's youth and their disinterest in cars. And I come to the conclusion that there is some interest in cars with today's youth. They just do it in a different way. It's just different. You know, they're not doing it three dimensionally in the parking lots and the, you know, driveways and that they're doing it on their computer but that's where they live you know they live in that world i don't say it's healthy i don't say it's unhealthy but you know i've kind of figured that some of the kids are still into it and toby you realize crx's are one of the best cars ever built for acoustics just the way they the bubble is the canopy on that second generation crx that's why there's so many of them with the sound systems that and astrovans Uh, sorry, I just really don't care about sound systems, so I have nothing to add to this conversation. Just like I did. Oh. Well, I could continue going on that. But... No, no need. Oh. You know what I'm passionate about? <clears throat> no. No, oh, all right. The wood wheels, brass canvas fenders i, I don't you know. think i i don't think i have an ooga horn probably ooga. Not. there you go stop it <laughs> stop it that's close enough <laughs> yeah toby you don't want to you know you don't want to drive a model t if um you know petrol prices increase 20 miles to the gallon is not good enough for you. Come on, man. Am I carrying the show tonight, John? Is oh, I was just going back to, I was waiting for you. I was going, well, did he ever tell us what your passions were in brass, Uga horns, wood wheels? Yeah. Or are those wood rims? Or are those? (laughs) They're wood wheels. Yes. We had very long, detailed conversations on that in a show not that long ago. And then I believe there were text messages sent about that after the show. Oh. Yeah, but most of the listeners don't um, hear our text messages. That's true. That's true. Except for when Will's on and his phone keeps going off in the middle of the show. So. I was say, as long as we remember to put, put our phones on silent. Yeah. You know, Dana brings up a good point. Motorcycles. If you got motorcycles, motorcycles are good on gas. Well, that's actually come up two or three times on my Facebook page. And mm-hmm. I should, I really, if I'd get to work on the Suzuki GT 185, we got out in the barn, I could be running that. 
That doesn't seem. Um, for some reason, a 185 to me just doesn't seem like a good road bike. But what the hell do I know? <laughs> um, I I probably would agree with you, John. It's a two stroke. <laughs> <laughs> It literally sounds like a giant chainsaw coming at you when you're driving it through down the road or through the woods or whatever. There's some great videos of them on YouTube, actually. It's hilarious because the guy's standing in the middle of the woods and somebody's trail riding a GT 185 and you'd think there's a chainsaw running, you know, 100 feet away. But nope, nope. Here comes a GT 185 just barreling through the trail. I forgot what I was going to say, barreling through the trail. Oh, damn. Where did we get the Suzuki? Um, actually, my lovely wife's brother um, found it. He he deals in motorcycles, and uh, he found it as part of a package deal. And uh, it is a completely unrestored GT185 um, with, I believe it's, 289 miles on it um completely original but it had been sitting for many 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 years so the thing needs to come apart and be pretty much completely rebuilt but the good things are that the engine is still free it's not seized and uh you know it overall is in pretty good condition so um yeah one of these years when i have free time uh, we'll we'll have a little fun with it uh. Oh, I just uh, does that. He's not a well, race, really, he's not a car person, though. I guess that really doesn't uh, matter. Who's not a car person? A Tony Hawk. Oh, Tony Hawk. No, he's a skateboard person. Well, he was. Say, is he a skateboarder? Mm -hmm. yeah, he, he, he broke his femur in half on Monday. It's just a femur. <laughs> and it's only one. You got two. Is he married to Juliet Lewis? Huh. And he's got some documentary coming out until, until the wheels fell off or when the wheels fell off. So I guess that means he's a washed up skateboarder. I don't know. No, he was I would have think I, I would have thought if you're going to do, did you say a documentary or a what'd you documentary? documentary? I would have done like Tony Hawk riding wood. You know, something. Seriously. I'm sure they have that. Well, it probably. Um, John, the big question being asked, and it's been asked multiple times, is what car projects do you have it waiting in the wings? What car projects do I have? Yeah. I have no car projects because John doesn't work on cars. John buys he gave cars that life and up. sells cars. <laughs> you need to work on the one that's in your... Uh... So, um, I've had a few ideas cross my mind, but remember I turned down a free CRX five months ago. Um, I do have that old Chrysler, but I probably won't do anything with it ever. The one that's in your you know, John, if, if you wanted one, um, I think if you... You know, I, I haven't checked Copart lately, but 
There might be a 2018 Centennial Edition um, Silverado um, that you could buy that be one heck of a project to put back together. No, if I would have done that, that one, I probably picked up that Cadillac a few months ago. Just yeah. to piss somebody off. <laughs> so, no. So what, yeah, yeah, come on. What, what project are you going to get, John? You got to get something. It's, let me, um. Well, see, I'm in an apartment right now, so it's really hard to do a car That's project. That's nice. I'm in, I'm in my house right now. Yeah. So car projects are difficult here. Um, I mean, I did recently do the vinyl stripes to my Mini. Maybe Actually, it's really it. not. Do you have a room in the apartment you do not use? No. Hmm. That's a problem. See, yeah. I guess I can't make it up. I can't make the apartment excuse because back when I had my convertible Isuzu, you know, pickup, I painted the ground effects in the second bedroom of uh, my apartment. Um, we actually uh, cleaned the wheels. Um, I want to say we did some engine work in there. Yeah. See, but now if exactly, see, you can do engine work. If you have a, if you have a spare room in the apartment, you don't need, say it's like a two bedroom. You only need a one bedroom. The big problem is when they're carpeted, that's the trick. Cause you don't want to get anything on the carpet and stain it. Right. So, yeah. well, back when it was cheap, you simply laid down, a, you know, get enough plywood to lay down over the carpet, duct tape, all the seams of the, you know, where the plywood comes together. And then you simply get a bunch of cardboard boxes, lay those out over the plywood Again, duct tape all the seams, and then you rebuild an engine in the room, no problem. Nothing ever gets on the carpet. I've never done that before. Hmm. Tonight's project, working on an old lawn tractor fix-up. Ah, yes, the eight-year-old to play with, Toby. Nice. So I, I foresee lawn tractor racing in the future. Mm -hmm. Soup up the engine. Of course, you know, lose the, the deck, as you're saying, the mower deck. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty big sport. Yeah, it is. They got some fast ones too. They had um, lawnmower racing out at Barber's one year that I was there. Um, very, very interesting. I guess I could do that. I could get a lawnmower in the apartment, self-propelled. You know, yeah. I'm betting you you can LS swap a lawnmower. Jeez, you can LS swap everything. Probably get on eBay and get the kit. <laughs> exactly. Toby, LS swap it. Boland's lawn tractor, uh, LS swap. <laughs> kitchen. My grandfather once, uh, one winter, built a skiff in the kitchen. That, yeah, Toby, that's true. Don't forget that Henry Ford, one winter, built a small single-cylinder engine in his kitchen. Well, Clara's kitchen. I've it seen more than one well. guy build a caterum in their their house or their mm -hmm. kitchen or their apartment. Actually, there's a fantastic book. Ah, see, I got to take Jason's. See, it's starting to warm up here, so I got to take Jason's advice. Um, and I need to get the podcasting equipment and take it out to the barn so I can start broadcasting from the barn but 
because uh, the book is out there right now in one of my files. But back in 1913 in England, they actually turned out a book where it literally entitled Build Build a Cycle Car. I think it was the title of it. And uh, it literally told you you could read the book. It was a hand uh, or a step-by-step uh, book to build a cycle car in your basement and literally explain to you how far to assemble it in your basement before carrying it up the stairs and out into the drive to finish putting it together. I just scrolled by a picture. Um, Virginia Department of Highways. I'm glad you're on the internet. newest piece of equipment on uh, U.S. Route 1 between Richmond and Ashland. This is December 1945. It's basically um, a two-ton truck with a big magnet. I guess they use the magnet to sweep metal off the road. You know, that wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> you know, we've got street sweepers and that, and they get, you know, the dirt and crap off. Where off was that the located? Edge, what about, huh? Yeah. But what state did they do that in? Uh, Virginia. What, Let me what see state if I can that? do this. Okay, that makes sense. You can't do that. You can't do that up up north because rust is no longer magnetic. It just, <laughs> it is, the magnet would never pick it up. See if this lets me do that. I don't know if it's going to. There we go. That's the link if anybody wants to see it. Hey, hey John, we got another. We got it. We got another spammer in the comments section. They're posting weird websites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got a magnetic trucks, but you know, if we put big magnets like under our cop cars and that that drive everywhere anyway, or um, you know, that might be a good topic to talk about on a, on an upcoming show. Is the weird? What do you want to call them? The the weird inventions over time of the automobile, because there was. Uh, Advertised, I want to say it was in Popular Mechanics back in the 20s. Um, there was actually an accessory you could buy for the front of your car that was a people catcher. So that if you were driving through the city and someone walked out in front of you, if you hit them with your car... Um, it would actually kind of scoop them up and drop them into a little hammock net, uh, just in front of the radiator. So you wouldn't, um, run them over and kill them. We just did that episode a week or two ago. Uh, we did nothing new is an old or whatever. Um, or the old is a new, new. Do you realize that that is basically the reason cars look like they do today? Not that they have people catchers and hammocks, but mandated by the EU, so it's a worldwide thing. You have to hit, if you hit a pedestrian, it has to hit you at a certain point in the leg, so mm-hmm. it knocks you onto the hood of the car yeah. and not necessarily hitting you too low and breaking your legs or shattering a knee or something. So 
basically to me, the people catcher is now the hood of your car mandated by government law. You notice we don't have a lot of wedge-shaped cars anymore? But there's a lot of wiggle room there because trucks trucks don't fall into that. Trucks have big flat fronts, so... So the people just splatter? Is that what exactly. I mean, trucks kill you. You don't have to worry about a hurt knee or a broken leg. But yeah. But there like, have been, like this magnetic truck, I mean, there have been some very odd uh, thoughts over time on how to, you know, accessorize automobiles or even when they were, you know, bringing out new accessories within the automobile I'm, I'm what i'm thinking about is you know the earliest attempts at having a, a radio in the car which happened in the 20s mid to late 20s and of course you had the antenna that had to go somewhere to pick up and this is of course am radio waves and you know you still find them today on some original cars that have either not been restored or if they were restored the people left them you know, they experimented with having antennas under the running boards, you know, this, you know, whole metal antenna thing that wrapped underneath the, the, the running board. Um, I know in, in the 29 Roosevelt that my dad and I have, the antenna actually uh, was wiring that ran underneath the fabric of the roof insert. They actually ran it in, in the liner uh, or between the headliner and, and basically the fabric, uh, top, um, you know, so there've been some really odd things that have happened throughout the automobile industry, uh, history, uh, just to figure out basically where we are today with automobiles. I mean, even this whole thing with Tesla's self-driving cars and all the, you know, attempts at self-driving cars, you know, GM was playing around that with self-driving cars in the 1950s. I just re- read something earlier that uh, General Motors or actually Pontiac was going to sue Tesla over self-driving cars because they had that back in 82 on some black Trans Am. Yeah, yeah. But then I got thinking Volkswagen had them beat. And then I got thinking that crazy professor, whatever his name was, had Flubber. And that made his car like fly and self-driving and all that, mm. did it not? It did. It did. Flubber, man. So I don't remember the name either, but yeah. I like Toby's idea. I like uh, Derek's idea. I scribbled them down. Those will be upcoming that, shows. And look at Jay, you know, Jason bringing up, you know, the, the antenna thing almost made it disappear in the 90s. I mean, they were almost making it disappear before that, Jason. I mean, look at the integrated uh, antennas into the windshield. In the mid, when that really started kind of, was about the mid seventies, John, I want to say that they started doing the center wire up the middle of the windshield and all that that was done. They, um, my grandfather had this, um, Ford or was it a Mercury, um, big station wagon of the late seventies. I can't think of what they were called. And for some reason on his car, they, and he bought it brand new. I don't know if the dealer did it or the factory did it. The radio antennas were always on the right side of the car, the right front fender. 
-hmm. they put a plug, this metal plug where the radio antenna was and moved the radio antenna over to the driver's side front fender um, to get it farther away from power lines and that off off to the right side of the road uh, for radio reception. You know, it just seemed, you know, seemed neat at the idea uh, at the time. Sounded like a great idea when I was nine years old. But you think it really was effective? And why? I can't see the dealer doing it. I can't see Ford doing it. I mean. Well, think about I mean, but even think about all of the cars that had the, you know, shields for all the electromagnetic equipment to remove the static from your radio. I mean, most, I mean, Corvette had that giant shield over the distributor and, you know, all that to try to reduce the electromagnetic noise um, in, you know, from the distributor that would cause static in the the speakers, you know, coming, you know, your sound coming out of the radio. Do you know the little bit of trivia about Birmingham, Alabama, that we have the dirtiest air for radio signals and transmissions of anywhere in the world. So a lot of manufacturers would come here to test their cars uh, for that electrical, electromagnetic, any of that kind of interference. I did not know that, John. Why why is that? still true to to this day, but I know that was a a fact for the uh, roughly the 80s. And of course, I live here on this mountain. It's got tons of radio antennas on the top of it. So, is it what? What? Why is that? What? What caused it? We have some. We have the most powerful radio station in the country. Is one of the reasons. It's some religious station, hmm. and that that was a big contributing factor. And then I don't know what the other factors were, but I've been told that on multiple occasions by many people that would be in the know. So interesting. I did. And you do see quite a few camouflage prototype cars running around here from manufacturers. You go, let's just say, why the hell would Porsche have a camouflage Cayenne running around here? It's that Birmingham air. Yes. Just like being in L.A. Exactly. Well, guess what, John? What? We, we, have, ha, ha, ha. we have killed another hour of our listeners' time. I don't know if I would use the word killed on this show, but um, I do like your topics here, and I think I'm going to throw one out, so we'll be a, um, a little bit ahead of the game, and I'll put it up on our social media. But let's go with what Toby suggested for next week's topic. You gonna you plan on being here next week, Derek? Sure. Why not? What is next week? I have no idea. What <laughs> vehicle control device or let's say what devices on a vehicle do you wish to have back? Ooh, we'll go to that. That's a good he, one. He threw out like the floor-mounted dimmer switch for your brights. And then he threw out the automo- automobile record player. Um, so let's any of the listeners out there that hear this, any viewers that see this, tell us. Oh, uh, I've got a good one. Oh, say, I've got a good one. Oh. Tell us through nodrivinggloves.com forward slash call us. 
or is that backslash slash call us? You'll slash it. it's it's there is no forward and backslash anymore. It's just slash. Yeah, that's what it happens. plays. a It plays a mean guitar riff. Yeah, I don't think I have a guitar riff. I got a jazz horn. Don't do that ever again. Oh. <laughs> and we are no longer number one John. in Mafia. Stop. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, it's not that true. That's not okay. <laughs> All right, yeah, we're we're like five minutes well past what we should have done. This is today. what happens when I stay up too late drinking my near beer, Budweiser Zero. That's disgusting. <laughs> For when you feel like a beer, but you don't want a beer. All right, so we're really moving towards the morning show um, feel. I think that's where we need to go. Yep, I think um, I'm done for the night. We're going to talk to everybody next week. Go ahead and, like I said, go to nodrivinggloves.com, buy us a coffee, um, leave us a, you know, a voice message now, the, the call us. Um, you know, check us out on social media. Uh, topic next week is going to be what vehicle um, accessory or control device do you miss having? Um, shoot it to us on Facebook. Shoot us to us on a voicemail. Um Email us, no driving gloves at gmail.com. I'll talk to everybody next week. I'm out of here. One of these years, we will grow up, I promise. <laughs>